up the ante and make him known as Ty the Brazilian Prince Albert. <laughs> Do you know what that is, Joe? Uh, I can imagine it's not good. It, don't Google it. <laughs> I wasn't planning on that. No. It's the Prince Albert is not just the city in Saskatchewan. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL podcast every week. John, John Fraser. Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers. I don't know what is. And Travis Kura. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza's better than good salad, right? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, Welcome to episode 37 of the Two and Out CFL podcast presented by the Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse Club, the 2016 NLL champions. Wow, what a game on Saturday beating the Buffalo Bandits 11-10. Jeff Cornwall scored the goal with like 12 seconds to go. So make sure you go to saskrush.com, get your 2017 season tickets there, as well as all of your merch. And a two-and-out co-host, John Fraser, he had a crazy call on Jeff Cornwall's winning goal. Here it is. Just getting a piece of it was Aaron Bold. Loose ball in front of Jeff Cornwall. Jeff Cornwall's in alone. A chance to go ahead. Cornwall scores! Cornwall with 12 seconds left. Jeff Cornwall. Wow, the most unlikely of characters right there coming down on the breakaway. Beats Cosmo with 12 seconds left. That's it. Your winners and still National Cross League champions are the Saskatchewan Rush. Obviously, Fraser put his heart and soul into that call, so he's not here for our East Division preview. I have uh, went to the bullpen. Joe Pritchard from CFLPass.ca and the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL podcast is there. How you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? I, I'm good. So before we get started, uh, I guess I met you for the first time at uh, the Grey Cup in Winnipeg. And, of course, I was... <laughs> Let's let's just say Thursday night I was not uh, all there uh, because of some certain beverages, and it took me a while to realize that hey, that's USFL Tecmo. <laughs> that yes yes I, that was a great night. Uh, met a whole bunch of people that night and the night after, and I learned a very valuable life lesson that night too. about the Grey Cup or just life in general. <laughs> I would say, Greg, you can apply this to both. Okay, okay. But that was the fa- that was the day of the famous um, Brazilian. Oh, <laughs> and Ty had Ty. I met him later that night. I unfortunately was not able to. We were dealing with um, things to do with the CFL fan fights cancer event, yeah. so we could not uh, uh, get involved with uh, your guys' fun. Oh. Uh, I don't know if he wanted to. <laughs> I don't think so either, but it was really interesting to hear that whole thing happen all year. But we met him, we met him, we met you two later that night, and I had finally, I decided to call it a night. It was like, okay, I'm done, I'm fine. (laughs) He walks up to me and goes, yeah, you're, you're, you don't have a beer, you need one. (laughs) I decided that was a good idea. Uh, I suffered for that, let's put it that way. So I made myself a pact never to take advice from a guy that has gotten a Brazilian the same day. I like that. <laughs> that. That is some good advice, man. 
<laughs> now, you started your uh, podcast with Oz Davis of CFLPass.ca during the off season. I have to say, I admire that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how many uh, how much dedication that would take to start it during the off season. A lot of weeks, let's face it, are uh, pretty pretty dead. But uh, how did you and Oz kind of meet up and start the Rouge White and Blue podcast? Well, he, he, he'd been seeing me tweet to him a couple times, and he saw my tag, um, my uh, Twitter handle, USFL Tecmo, yeah. and he happened to be a big fan of the USFL when it had been happening. I happened to become a big fan of the USFL through Fantasy Simulation League, basically, so I took a tag, I, I basically used a tag I had been using for forever, he saw that, and was like, oh, he must be an older dude like me. <laughs> he comes to find out uh, I was born during the first season, but we still actually uh, connected. He invited me to do this, and then about early March, we decided to go ahead and do uh, one of our one of the weeks of the off season. Just burn it on doing a USFL yeah. retrospective. So uh, that was one of our favorite things to do. Although I'm sure. Uh, there were a lot of people out there going, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> Do you blame Donald Trump for ending the USFL uh, when he decided to convince the owners to move the season to the fall to go head-to-head with the NFL? That was precisely when that league was done for. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you probably still haven't forgiven Trump for that, right? We, uh, throughout uh, February and March, we made our positions on that quite clear, uh, and then we realized that people were getting sick of hearing it, so we stopped talking about it. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So thank you for stepping up and being the co-host today, John Fraser. A little bit under the weather. I've been texting with him, and his looks like his head is a blimp right now, and he still uh, doesn't have much of a voice. I think he used it all uh, calling the uh, game-winning goal (laughs) that Jeff Cornwall scored for the Saskatchewan Rush, so we're giving him a week off. Now, I do want to start the show before we get into the news. Uh, Just late last week, I kind of sent out a tweet saying, hey, is there a CFL podcast family fantasy league? Because why isn't there? there? There kind of should be. So the next day, there was a fantasy league. This past Sunday, Andrew from the Eskimo Empire podcast ended up uh, holding a draft lottery. And you're in that league representing the Rouge, White, and Blue podcast. I'm in the league representing Two and Out. Now, what's your draft position for that uh, upcoming draft, Joe? We are second overall. Second overall. Do you have any idea? You don't have to tell me who you're picking, but do you have an idea where you're going to or who you're going to pick, what direction you're going to go? We have a couple of options in mind. Uh, Oz and I have uh, actually discussed this a little bit on the Rouge, White, and Blue podcast this week, but we didn't tip our hand. Uh, but let's just say um, there are discussions that would make uh, uh, our friend over in Calgary, Ryan, a little bit upset if you would have heard what we were talking about. Of course, Ryan from the CFL Horseman podcast, he basically sent a direct message to all of the podcasts threatening us not to take his quarterback. We assume that he's talking about Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, two and out picking fifth. I'm okay with that. I am totally okay with that spot. I think, uh, Michael receiver. I'm not going to say who, but I think when it comes down to there, there's going to be a lot of good receivers left. Now, there is the two and out fantasy league as well. Now, we asked to get into the league to give us your best angry John Fraser rant because that is not an act. He is an angry person. Now, sometimes he, he comes off as happy and very humorous, but 
He's a mad person. So give us your best angry John Fraser rant. Now, we got a tweet from uh, Banny, and his rant was basically like, Fraser, your hair sucks. <laughs> and for me, I think anybody insulting John Fraser, that that's going to get you into the league. So Banny is in the league. <laughs> Maybe we should change it. If you insult John Fraser at Fraser PXP, then uh, you're into the two and out fantasy league. So make sure you uh, you make sure you tag us in that. Now we got a direct message from Corey, who is in the who wants into the league at LB Safety on Twitter, and he wrote us this big long rant. I hope you are. Uh, <laughs> I hope you're braced for the ride here, Joe, because this is pretty sweet. <laughs> So you you have the you have the hand on the angry out button, right? Yes, That's I not do. I got to worry about. <laughs> no, uh, I will take care of it. This one actually does need an angry elk button. So before we get into the news, this is Corey's rant. If you do have one you want to submit, or just you want to insult John Fraser at Two and Out CFL on Facebook or Twitter, email us as well Two and Out CFL at gmail dot com. This is what Corey had to say. I was listening to episode thirty five of the podcast on Wednesday morning when I hear. The Two and Out Podcast League is coming back in 2016. As a participant last year, I am now thinking to myself, should I try and get in or should I give it to the other thousands of listeners <laughs> a chance to get into the best CFL Podcast Fantasy League this country has ever seen? Uh, thank you, Corey. We don't have thousands of listeners, but that was very nice of you. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, well, unlike Blair, who won the league last year, and Brazilian Ty, who went through a major hair removal process, I came in the middle of the pack last year. So unlike those two, I didn't get an automatic entry. So now I'm at a dilemma. I want in, but I had my chance, and, well, I blew my chance. I didn't win, and I didn't undergo a Brazilian wax, so after hours of going back and forth, whether to send in a rant or not, I decided that night, no, I will not. I will let Blair try and defend his title against a new group of fantasy champion wannabes, and I will leave it up to these same wannabes to ensure that Ty is not just known as Brazilian Ty, to make him up the ante and make him known as Ty the Brazilian Prince Albert. <laughs> Do you know what that is, Joe? Uh, I can imagine it's not good. It, don't Google it. <laughs> I wasn't planning on that. No, it's uh, Prince Albert is not just the city in Saskatchewan. So <laughs> we continue. So over the next thirty some hours, I continue on with my daily life. But every few hours, I find myself thinking that I want back in. I want redemption. I want to take down Blair, and I want to do everything in my powers to take the Brazilian wonder down every chance I get. So Thursday night rolls around, and I'm getting home from Tim Bits Soccer. Tim Hortons, the official sponsor of the 2 and Out Podcast Championship. I decide. I'm going to check and see if the league is filled. I'm thinking, uh, it must be. They only needed six more teams and 30-plus hours have passed. There's no way there's still open spots. Well, after sending a DM to the 2 and Out Podcast Twitter feed, to my surprise, I find out that out of the thousands of listeners to the pod, there are still spots open for the league. Well, well, well. Now I'm thinking these degenerate podcast listeners, they don't deserve the opportunity. They don't understand what they are missing, and they don't deserve a plate at the table. This league should have been filled by Thursday morning, and if, and if you guys are going... 
shit in the bed like my bombers have been doing the past two decades, then screw it. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get back in. So although this might not live up to your famous end-of-the-year Blue Bomber rant standards, I do believe that I should be given one out of the final six spots available, not for my rant, but for the fact that all your listeners out there in the pod world have pulled a big blue. You were given an opportunity, and you blew it. Fraser, Kura, if this message makes it all the way up the corporate chain at the 2NL podcast and lands on your Ebonywood desk, consider me for one of the final six spots. I think that's a pretty good uh, pretty good application. I would agree, and he really kind of uh, points out what it feels like to be a Bauer fan. <laughs> You, of course, are a Bomber fan. So there we go. We have Corey, Banny, Brazilian Ty, and Blair. Four spots remain. Either insult John Fraser or get your angry John Rance in at 2 and out CFL. Hey, it's Brazilian Ty back with another edition of Getting Waxed here on the 2 and out CFL podcast. We're in the thick of training camp and things are starting to heat up as we look forward to the first week of preseason games starting on Saturday afternoon. With that being said... Rosters are going to have to start to be cut down, and I'm sure a few additions will be made as injuries arise and players are sent packing. Usually, you'd be able to plug in a first overall pick to plug a hole in case of an injury to start the season, but if you're Saskatchewan Rough Riders, that option isn't a viable one at this point in time. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand the hell that CFL players put themselves through for the pay they get, and sometimes I wonder why. There's only one reason. They love the game. Plain and simple. However, playing in the CFL or any other professional sports league is a privilege, not a right, and the sooner young players realize that, the better off we'll all be. Josiah St. John, drafted first overall out of Oklahoma by my beloved Rough Riders, has refused to sign a contract with the team and in the past few days has requested a trade. Are you kidding me? You have the opportunity of a lifetime. You get paid to play a game. Give me a break. You got drafted first overall. That means you're probably not going to go to a very good team, but at the same time, you should be prepared for that. It takes a lot of gall to request a trade without even stepping foot in training camp because you feel your contract demands aren't being met. Uh, excuse me? Contract demands? You haven't earned in this league, or any other for that matter, and you're already asking for more money before lining up for a play? No thanks. The Riders and new yeoman, Chris Jones, have stuck to their guns on this one and cited organizational philosophies for not giving in, and that's that. When asked, Jones responded with, We're going to talk about the players that are here. So at least he's showing that this is his way or the highway, so we'll see how that works out on the prairies. So, I say good riddance to Josiah St. John. I get that there's a business side to sports, but in this case, I fully disagree with how he handled himself in this situation. You don't get given negotiating pull. You have to earn it, and he has done nothing of the sort. Maybe his agent, Jonathan Hardaway, has something to do with it, as this isn't his first client to pull this stunt. Maybe St. John should get a hold of Eric Lindros and see how all this is going to work out in the future for him. If he does end up wearing the green and white, I can guarantee I'll be one of the fans out there to full-heartedly boo him and point out every mistake he makes throughout the year. Rider Nation just can't let this guy get off this easy. You can get a hold of me on Twitter, at Brazilian Tie, and stay tuned to the 2 and Out Twitter account as we might have a few surprises coming up vis-a-vis football tickets, maybe? Anyways, I've rambled on long enough. Back to Travis and Joe. Who let this cheesehead on the pod? John, if you can be a man at night, you can be a man in the morning and following evening. In the Huddle with Fraser and Cura on the 2 and Out Podcast. Okay, Joe, it's... It continues to be the theme of the offseason, retirements. Now, 
there were some retirements that have been going on where they, they may they may not have a big impact. There was uh, the six round draft pick in Edmonton that never even stepped on the field that uh, ended up retiring. But I think a couple of retirements this week are going to have a pretty big impact. Dominic Picard was slated to start at center for the Montreal Alouettes. Luke Brodeur Jordan is down with an injury right now. But he ends up retiring. And then out of BC, Lavelle Hawkins ends up retiring as well, saying he just doesn't have the spark anymore. He's actually going back home to California to be a firefighter, getting paid less than he was making playing football in BC. So money doesn't seem to be a big issue there for Hawkins and Picard. He's been around the league for 10 years. What do you make of all these retirements that are just going on left and right in the league? Man, there's a lot of different reasons for these. Uh, like you were mentioning, Hawkins decided to retire to pursue what he felt what he felt like was uh, where he wanted to go in the future. Here, we also had Ben Heenan do that similarly earlier in the off season. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a lot of the younger uh, Americans, I'm sure, uh, once they realize they're not getting in, into the NFL next week, they may start falling off the map here and there. Uh, maybe a little bit more often with the money not being um, as good as they were maybe hoping. Uh, unless they end up with a long career in Canada, they're not going to make a whole lot of money that way. So uh, a lot of them are using the league as a springboard to the NFL, and once they realize that that might be out of their reach, they're starting to trend away too. Uh, you, you're going to have your veterans like that, like the card, come back to camp, yeah. uh, realize they don't have a lot, uh, left in them and decide to call it a career rather than being told they're done. Uh, but we're seeing a lot more young players, and they're starting to be a lot more weighing whether the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, whether it's a long CFL career or an NFL career, may not be worth the stress on the body. So I think we're seeing the beginning of a trend. I think we're going to see a lot more of this in the coming years. Yeah, we're seeing it in absolutely both leagues. Uh, young guys that you know, still have their legs under them. They still have a full career under them if they really want it. But with all the studies on concussions and everything, a lot of people are just deciding that it's not worth it. And you got to respect that. I mean, it, it takes, I think, a lot of courage to hey, say, hey, uh, uh, I, I kind of want my future to be, you know, pain-free and as, uh, uh, as good as it possibly can. So I'm going to step away from something that I love and uh, move on with my life. I played football since a lot of these guys have played it, you know, especially down south. They probably start when they're, what, five or six years old. So by the time they're 30, they've actually been playing football for, you know, 25 years, their entire life. So it must be hard to step away from something you've been doing uh, forever. I was expecting big things from Lavelle Hawkins. I don't know if you caught a piece that I uh, wrote on cflpass.ca about five guys that I'm looking at in Fantasy this year. Now, I know this is just bad. We've we got the Fantasy League with the CFL podcast guys and uh, our own league, so I'm kind of giving away guys that I'm going to be targeting. But Lavelle Hawkins was one of those guys that I was going to be targeting in drafts this year. Not anymore. Because he's gone. Now, I don't know if you caught that piece, but I'll give you the rest of the names that I had uh, targeted here. Uh, Naaman Roosevelt from Saskatchewan. Uh, William Powell, running back for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, Kenny Stafford from Montreal. And Deontay Spencer from uh, Toronto. You think those are going to be pretty good picks this year, uh, Joe? 
I would imagine all of those would be at least uh, quality performers. Uh, now, I've heard a lot about Roosevelt, uh, even into last year, how he was starting to impress people. He didn't get a lot of uh, playing time from what I can remember. Yeah, he uh, had. But... Uh, he only started playing uh, like around Labor Day, but he ended up getting 25 catches for 488 yards and five touchdowns. He should have been starting the whole season. Like when the Riders were messing around playing guys like uh, Jamel Richardson, uh, he, he probably should have gotten the whole season at receiver. But he's going to get a whole season this year. I see no, I, I see no reason he can't double his output from last year. No, uh, given a year, given a year to start off as the guy out there uh, there's not a ton of veteran presence left in Saskatchewan so he'll have a chance to stand out here uh, I would imagine he's going to be uh, putting up some pretty decent numbers yeah absolutely William Powell he didn't get a uh, shot in Ottawa until the very end of the year but he actually led uh, the Grey Cup with rushing he led the East final as well they're both around 13 carries and 60 yards so if he gets a full season in Ottawa he might be doing okay and I'm a big Kenny Stafford believer he's only 26 years old he had uh, the big year with Edmonton last year the receiving yards weren't lighting the world on fire 732 of them but he had nine touchdowns I think in a receiving core with S.J. Green and Deron Carter, those two guys will be pulling coverage away from him, and Stafford can at least match or beat what he did last year in Edmonton, and I see no reason that Deontay Spencer can't be the new Chad Owens in Toronto. As for Lavelle Hawkins, I might uh, replace that name with Darvin Adams. You're a Winnipeg guy. I think he could be having a, a big year in Winnipeg, if Drew Willie ends up staying healthy and he has a good quarterback to throw him the ball. Yeah, that's definitely a big if, but uh, yeah. making the assumption that uh, Willie goes forward this season uh, as healthy, uh, you also have Wrestler um, and Smith to be looking at here, so Adams won't be always the focal point. Yeah. He might be able to slip in there under the radar, whereas last year there wasn't a whole lot around him, so it'll be uh, nice to see what he can do when he's not the one of the top targets for the team. Now, cut down day for training camp is coming up on uh, Tuesday, so I believe teams need to be down to 65 uh, players for them. The Riders have brought in uh, some more players. They're rumored to have signed uh, Buddy Jackson, who came from uh, Calgary. He was there last year, but like so many things in the CFL, the, 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 they're official on Twitter for about like a week before they're <laughs> released by the team. So uh, that's what uh, we found out on Twitter. He tweeted out that he's going to be at Ryder Training Camp. They ended up bringing in Philip Sims, who uh, was last seen with the Arizona Cardinals. He played their last preseason. Uh, getting more dirt on him at cflpass.ca. Before we really get to the previews here, I do want to mention, man, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, he passed away Friday night. And I don't know, Joe, I'm, you're around the same age as me. I was never old enough to see him fight. So the first time that I was exposed to Muhammad Ali was WrestleMania 1 when he was a special guest uh, ring enforcer between uh, Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff taking on uh, 
No, it was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T taking on Paul Orndorff and Roddy Roddy Piper. Now, the story behind that is so funny. I absolutely love it. Uh, Muhammad Ali was so fired up at Roddy Piper. He was. If you go back and watch the tape of that, he was actually taking swings at Piper. If he would have connected, Piper's career would have been, his wrestling career would have been over right then and there. But I don't know about you, Joe. It, for my whole life, it seemed like Ali was larger than life. Like, is this, this guy, is he real? Like, this was such an amazing character in and out of the boxing ring. Uh, and he fought valiantly uh, right to the final bell against Parkinson's disease. But it's been really cool to see the tributes pour in from around the world from Muhammad Ali, the greatest. Yeah, I can't really do it justice, but uh, even outside of the ring, he had so much going for him as far as advancing um, the history of the world really yeah uh there were there was the vietnam draft issue there and there were other issues as well his his conversion um to islam there was a lot of other things here that weren't very popular at the time but now you look back at them it took a very brave person to take the stance he did uh there's a lot of people that should be thanking him today yeah, because when the Vietnam War started, he kind of denied it, and then everybody started coming back, and they were like, hey, maybe Ali was right. Now, this isn't completely disconnected from the Canadian Football League. Uh, Ali actually took part in a halftime show in Toronto uh, back in 2002. They had a special halftime show uh trying to you know raise awareness for parkinson's disease and ali was at the sky dome uh 14 years ago uh this october i'm gonna float like a butterfly and sting like a bee george can't hit what his hands can't see now you see me now you don't he think he will but i know he won't they tell me george is good but i'm twice as nice and i'm gonna stick to his butt like white all right Let's just jump right into things here and uh, talk about what the Toronto Argonauts have done in the offseason to prepare for 2016. Now, <laughs> the, the departures look like a pretty long list, but I think the additions in Toronto are just as big. So, leaving Toronto, Euclid Cummings, he is in Winnipeg. I think he will uh, provide uh, some good... Good uh, pressure up the middle for Winnipeg, but he's not in Toronto anymore. Some other notable departures, of course, Trevor Harris is off to Ottawa. Greg Jones is off to Saskatchewan. Jeff Keeping, I believe he's in Winnipeg now. Cleon Lang off to the NFL. Chad Owens is uh, in Hamilton. Tristan Okapaluga, uh, I believe he's taking a shot at the NFL. Xander Robinson actually was going to Edmonton but then retired. Uh, Curtis Steele, he is off to Saskatchewan. Swayze Waters is gone. Bruce Campbell was off to Saskatchewan, but he retired. Now to replace and bring some guys in here, they bring in Josh Bork from Montreal. I think that is huge. Gerald Brown, they did bring him in, but then he retired. They bring in basically the entire Hamilton Tiger Cats defensive line and Brian Bulky, Brian Hall, Justin Hickman. They bring in Corey Watman from Saskatchewan on the offensive line. Young talent there. Lots of upside. Keon Raymond, linebacker from Calgary and Liram Haralahu, which is crazy to me. Uh, (laughs) I think Bomber fans, you're one, Joe. 
that's got to hurt going from Swayze Waters to Liram Haralahu. If he <laughs> kicks like he did last year, absolutely yeah. it will. Uh, now, we have seen uh, kickers bounce back from years like that, though. Uh, Chris, that's true. Chris Milo out in Ottawa last year was a definite, definitely one of those, uh, bouncing back off of a rough year the year before in Saskatchewan. Uh, but it's... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can, because kicking is such a mental game, oh, yeah. even more so than a physical game. And when you get down on yourself, uh, it might take quite a bit of time to bounce back. And uh, hopefully it, hopefully for him, he's gotten over some of those hurdles, and hopefully a new start will help him out and uh, he'll have a nice long career. But uh, if he doesn't, well, this is probably his last chance. Yeah, uh, Ricky Ray is healthy for the first time in years. I, I think that that team is resting solely on Ricky's shoulder, uh, and hopefully he can stay healthy and keep that team uh, in it, uh, of course, in their new venue in uh, BMO Field. So I think that will help them out because last year they had home games in Fort McMurray. They had home games in Ottawa. I mean, the, the fact that that team did what they did uh, to finish third and make the playoffs. Either it shows how bad Winnipeg, uh, the possible crossover team, was and how bad Montreal was that they couldn't catch Toronto. But I, I'm on the positive side. I don't know how they were able to do so well. But, of course, they brought the big three in, right? Uh, Gurley, Hazelton, and Elliott. And those guys were huge into Toronto's success last year. Now, I think the biggest acquisition for Toronto might have to be Rich Stubler. He won the Grey Cup with them in uh, 2012. Was he was there? No, that was Chris Jones back then, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Chris Jones and uh, Rich Stubler don't tend to stay in the same place too long, do they? No, and Stubler is widely regarded as one of the the best defensive coordinators in the, the CFL, but he never stays in one place for all that long. No, sorry, Stubler was there in uh, 2004 when he won the Grey Cup, so he was not there in uh, 2012. But if you look at Stubler's resume, I mean, he's been everywhere. I, I, I don't know why. I don't hear people say bad things about him, but his longest stints were he was in Hamilton for six years in the 80s, and he was in uh, Toronto for five years in the mid-2000s, and that's the longest he's ever been anywhere. <laughs> I I don't know why he gets kicked out as soon as he comes in. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and he hasn't gotten much, if any, chance to really show what he can do above and beyond that position as well. Yeah, uh, I feel I feel like he was a head coach at one point. Am I right about that? I think two thousand eight, he year? coached for like uh, he coached for ten games, and that yeah, was that's, it. That's, yeah, it's not enough to show what a guy can do. But unless it was clear that he was in and over his head or something, but well, that's something we'll never know. Likely, but yeah, I think. Stubler's a huge addition. I also think that the loss of Trevor Harris is actually going to be addition by subtraction. And I'm not saying that Trevor Harris is a bad quarterback by any means. Right. But we're knowing that Ricky Ray is the number one guy. And we've seen Scott Milanovich take guys we've ever heard of before and make them quality quarterbacks, Kalaros and Harris being two out of that system here. So I can't imagine that there's not the something more in the pipeline if Ray goes down here. So that may make for a little bit of a, uh, 
more straight up quarterback position, and that's just one position you never want to have a debate over who your starter is. I have no doubt in Scott Milanovic and uh, Jim Barker's ability to recruit some good players. So they, they, you're right; they may have some uh, unknowns lying in the wings. I am kind of concerned about their running back position. I know uh, Chad Cackard and Brandon Whitaker are still there, but maybe it's time they give Anthony Coombs a full-time shot or even Andre Dury uh, back in the backfield because Dury's had some health issues, uh, but those Canadians, uh, I think they're great and they have a lot of upside in Cackard and Whitaker. I think they're coming to the end of their career. I think that in Toronto there could be some surprising cuts this uh, training camp because if you look at the weapons that they have on offense, Tory Gurley, they have Elliott, they have Hazelton, they have Coombs, they have Dury, they have Spencer, and they have some newcomers that are already turning heads, Derek Rogers and Devin Wiley. I mean, <laughs> I don't think they have room for all those guys. No, there's going to be a couple names that you'll go, wait, what did they just do? Yeah. Uh, but the, I, I think most teams have are going to have at least one or two of those over, this, over the coming uh, couple of weeks here. But, yeah, you definitely have the uh, right situation for that to happen at Toronto. Where do you have Toronto finishing in the standings? Uh, I, w- I was actually started the piece that I started last week to try to figure out where I have them. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with I think they're finishing first. I have the Argos against, winning the East as well. Yeah, It goes against every number I just put up on, <laughs> over this past weekend, but I think the addition of Stubler and having Ricky Ray back and having a home is going to mitigate uh, some of the issues that were there last year. I think they'll be a much better team, and I think they'll improve by one win. I have them with 11, I believe. And as much as we love stats, there's so many things that stats can't record. Uh, they, They can't record the effect of having absolutely no place to practice uh, they can't record the effect of being kicked out of your stadium uh, because the the Blue Jays are making the playoffs and you have nowhere to play. So I, I think that they're going to have a lot less adversity this year. The atmosphere in BMO Field promises to be electric this year, and I think this team can rally around that, much like uh, the Ravens rallied around uh, Ray Lewis when they last won the Super Bowl. That's something that stats don't record they just can't so i can see this team surprising a lot of people but for completely different reasons than last year uh, last year it was like wow this team's actually winning games when they don't have a home and they, they don't have marketing and they don't have any support from anyone uh, the tailgating this year well i think i hope gain some fans and uh, some of the younger crowd and i think the toronto argonauts have a yeah a shot at winning uh, the East Division this year. Now uh, Fraser, while he's sick right now, uh, doesn't have much of a voice, has a big headache. He sent me his projected standings for the East Division. He has them finishing third, so they're still in the playoffs. And last week we started uh, comparing. Uh, CFL teams to Tragically Hip songs to celebrate Gord Downey's legacy. Of course, they're going on tour this summer. And Joe, if I'm not mistaken, you just got into the hip. Uh, just jumped on the bandwagon. Uh, it's not 
something that's readily available in the States, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so it's just one of those things where uh, over the past couple of years, I've just been exploring more and more things that I normally would not be able to see down here. And they happened to come up, and I said, where do I start? And uh, a very, very uh, nice uh, person that uh, we tend to tweet with a lot was like, here, start with all of it. Here you go. <laughs> what do you think? Because uh, a lot of the songs are obviously about Canada and ca- Canadian culture and all kinds of stuff. So from your perspective, what's your first uh, impressions of the hip? Well, I ran through, I, I went through all of it over the course of about a week. And by all of it, I mean, I believe the, I think there's 14 studio albums or something like that. Yeah, they have a lot. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they have a lot. So I would just, you know, when I have some time to kill, I would put one on and just kind of get the sense of things here. Um, but I'm there's a couple of songs I really enjoy, and I've played over and over again at this point. Um, uh, of course, Gift Shop was on one of the CFL videos. It reflects us all, yeah. That one, yes. Yeah, so that one I already enjoy. Um, but I've been playing the Fully Completely album a lot. It's a good and one. Courage, and Courage happens to be one I tend to go, let me listen to that one again. Yeah, and just hit re- rewind and listen to it again and then move on. It, it's an awesome song. So I had John help me uh, select a song to uh, apply to the Toronto Argonauts. Escape is at hand for the traveling man. Of course, the Argos spent last year traveling and they have escaped from the bleakness of old ownership. So this one is for the Argos, Tragically Hip, in the 2 and out CFL podcast. A That is the hip. Escape is at hand for the traveling man, of course, for the Toronto Argonauts uh, heading in to this season. Now, let's go to Montreal, where I know I made a joke on Twitter last week. If I had to compare the Alouettes to a hip song, it would probably be New Orleans is sinking. Uh, <laughs> but if you look at the departures in Montreal, they, they lose long-time offensive tackle Josh Bork. He's off to Toronto. Gerald Brown went to Toronto, ended up retiring. Uh, Corvey Irvin, Dan Lefevre, who I believe, isn't he in the Arena League now? Uh, yeah, who knows? <laughs> for, for some reason, he might have went to the Major League Football League that didn't uh, happen, and then maybe he's in the Arena League now, but he, he's gone. I, I don't know. That's probably a non-issue anyway. Jonathan Hefney ended up retiring. He, he signed a one-day contract with, 
uh, Winnipeg and ended up retiring. I thought he had a great year in Montreal up until that nasty injury near the end of the year where he ended up running into Carl Lavoie from Ottawa and ended up getting knocked out. And uh, Fred Stamps is gone as well. Now coming into Montreal, Javon Johnson from Ottawa. Kevin Regimbald, linebacker from Saskatchewan. DeQuinn Evans from Calgary. He might have himself a, a good year. Kenny Stafford from the Eskimos. Vernon Adams from the NCAA, or I guess technically from the BC Lions. He never started a game in BC, but the Lions ended up trading him to Montreal for a first-round pick, which I think is a sign of desperation from uh, Jim Pop. Deron Carter is back uh, from the NFL, and Vaughn Smith coming from the NFL. I believe he was with the San Diego Chargers, and he might have a good year, I think, at defensive line for the Alouettes. Now, just about everyone is picking Montreal to finish last in uh, the entire league, not just the East Division. Joe, I am i don't think I can disagree. I, I can't either. Uh, I like the talent they have on defense. I like the talent they have at the offensive skill positions. But when you talk about coaching and quarterbacks, uh, they have, what, eight quarterbacks right now? So that means they don't really have one they rely on. And Jim Pop is trying to play coach and GM at the same time, and he's proven time and again that that just doesn't work for him. But yet here we are again. Uh, so it, I've got him at six wins, which is actually going to be last in my predictions overall. Uh, so I, I feel like they have enough talent to be competitive. They're going to knock off a couple of teams here and there, but I think they're going to have so many issues trying to figure out who the quarterback is. It's going to be a revolving door all year. Uh, I just can't see them uh, competing for the playoff spot. Well, I'm a Kevin Glenn believer, so as long as he has the offensive line. Now, we saw what happened in... Um, BC before he went to Saskatchewan, and it didn't work for Kevin Glenn at all. But last year in Saskatchewan, Kevin Glenn at the beginning of the year put up some nice numbers. It was he was throwing bombs. He looked like a gunslinger out there. Just couldn't win any games. I'm worried about uh, Kevin Glenn's ability to stay healthy this year, not because of his talent or because he's known as a guy that has injury issues, but because of that offensive line, it is going to be very, very young. Josh Bork is gone. Uh, Luke broder Jordan is uh, hurt uh, probably until at least Labor Day, and Dominic Picard ended up retiring. So there's a lot of young guys at offense. They might be forced to go down the depth chart here. Now, they play Winnipeg today in their preseason game. I think, is it seven or eight quarterbacks on the on the depth chart? You have to assume that Glenn will probably get one series and then he, he'll be done for the entire game. But Brandon Bridge is more of a pocket passer as well. If the, if the offensive line can't protect Glenn or Bridge, which are is is vital in this league they might be stuck going back to Cato who I know that they want to release or Vernon Adams or uh Taz Boyd guys that can move because I'm I'm really worried that this offensive line is not going to be able to keep their quarterbacks healthy 
Yeah, and the way I could see it, I could see Glenn being the starter for three or four games, doing decently and maybe getting nicked up here or there, or a panic move made by Pop because he has so many quarterbacks here, um, and just trying to show that he that it was worth that first-round pick for Vernon yeah. Adams. And I, I expect to see Adams quite a bit this next year. I just think it'll be too early for him. Um, and we'll look back on this BC-Montreal trade, and we're either going to love it for BC or love it for Montreal, and it's all dependent on whether Adams becomes a starting quarterback in this league or not. Yeah, you're so right there. And this this team just kind of seems like a circus. Like Calvillo, where did he start? A, a receiver's coach, and then he moved up, and now he's running the offense with Jacques Chapdelaine. So I have no idea how those two are going to coexist running the offense. I wouldn't – it wouldn't – shock me if Calvillo is the head coach next year. Is that what Jim Pop's doing? He's just being a stopgap so Calvillo can be the coach next year. But on the same hand, I like some of the talent in uh, Montreal. I mean, Deron Carter and SJ Green, the, the, the receivers are great. They just need to get somebody or get those receivers the ball. I mean, Javon Johnson is he'll be great again. I have no uh I have no reason to think that he's suddenly going to drop off. Vaughn Smith will be great on the defensive line and Bear Woods should be coming back. So I mean, there, there's a lot of talent in Montreal. I just don't know how they're going to put it all together. They're a team that I could see either finishing last or even challenging for the playoffs just because of that uh, talent they have. I, I'm i not a believer in Jim Pop, though. He's shown in the past. He's come in as a coach, and it hasn't ended up well. So ever since Calvillo and Tressman have left Montreal, it's not been very pretty at all in that city. No, not at all. And this team also has cap issues as evidenced by the yeah. Mwamba release. I, this team is would not surprise me if they released three names we knew very well simply because of the cap. So yeah. I could see that talent level diminishing somewhat too. So I'm feeling pretty confident about my uh, prediction of fourth. Yeah, I have them last as well. Fraser has them last. And uh, the uh, song from the Tragically Hip that we have assigned to the Montreal Alouettes, Nautical Disaster. They're on a river. And it's going to be a disaster. It's the tragically hit for the Montreal Alouettes.
That is the tragically hip and nautical disaster uh, describing the Montreal Alouettes for the 2016 season. We're going to stop episode 37 of the 2 and Out podcast right there. Joe and I will be back in episode 38 in a couple days, and we will preview the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Ottawa All Caps. Okay, make sure you keep those fantasy uh, league entries coming at 2 and Out CFL. Uh, you can email, you can Facebook us, you can tweet us either by insulting John Fraser or just getting your angry rants off your chest. We will get you into that league and make sure you follow Joe Pritchard from CFLPass.ca at USFL Tecmo. That is episode 37 of the Two and Out CFL podcast presented by the Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse Club.